The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And WrestleMania in New Orleans is in the books. Pretty amazing show with some great moments like uh, a live match of the night, Ronda Rousey uh, and Kurt Angle defeating Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Loved that match. Loved Asuka versus Charlotte. Uh, lots of great moments. The, 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 the stage looked amazing. The graphics were great. The return of The Undertaker, the return of Daniel Bryan. So many cool things happening. Uh, we had a great time watching the show. Uh, at Wally's on the last day of the uh, Judas Rising tour of this leg. And uh, actually, Jack Slayton actually did a post-WrestleMania review, but we were so tanked, it's unusable. You will never hear it. This is almost like the lost recordings of uh, of Jimi Hendrix. It's the lost WrestleMania post-show review with Jack Slade and Chris Jericho. Not going to hear it, uh, but a lot of great things on the show this year, including uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura and the killer Nakamura, who was a big part of one of the greatest entrances in WrestleMania history, the blonde chick, Hurricane Nita Strauss. She's rocking with Alice Cooper right now, playing guitar for him. She was in the Iron Maidens when I saw her a few years ago, but she's a huge wrestling fan, and she killed it playing Shinsuke Nakamura down to the ring. That amazing it looked great too it's something you got to see and even better nita is here on talk is jericho we did this interview back in january before she knew about performing at wrestlemania but we talked some wrestling uh she's about ready to play i believe it was the great muda to the ring maybe uh, you're gonna find out all about this how she became such a wrestling fan who some of her favorite wrestlers are uh also talk about alice cooper how she met him and how she ended up playing in his band which is no mean feat not easy being a kick-ass female guitar player in the uh, male-dominated world of rock and roll but nita explains how she handles it and why she hasn't experienced any hashtag me too moments in her career she's also talking all about her boss alice cooper and what it's like on tour and behind the scenes when they're traveling and hanging out and speaking of touring Alice Cooper is out again this summer, but in the meantime, in between time, Nita Strauss has been working on her solo record, and she needs your help to get it done. If you watched her at WrestleMania, if you've seen her with Alice Cooper, you can support her Kickstarter campaign. She's a great guitar player, great person, as you're going to hear. You can get some pretty cool perks if you donate to her Kickstarter campaign. She's offering up private guitar lessons via Skype. 
or she'll wear your band's T-shirt on stage at an Alice Cooper show, or you can hang out with her and just have a slice of pizza. That's good. The link to her Kickstarter campaign is on social media. She's Nita Strauss on Facebook. That's N-I-T-A-S-T-R-A-U-S-S, like Strauss, S-T-R-A-U-S-S, and Hurricane Nita on Instagram and Twitter. Check it out. Help her finish her solo record and get a chance to do something cool with her in the process, especially now after she was a part of one of the greatest WrestleMania entrances in history. She's also part of a really great version of Talk is Jericho. Great addition, great episode. It's right here. Hurricane Nita Strauss shredded up on Talk is Jericho. So we were just talking about, um, uh, I'm here with Nita Strauss from the Alice Cooper band. And we're talking about how all of these factors were kind of pushing us together to do this. And I didn't know yeah. that uh, that you wanted to do the show. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. We're not talking <laughs> about the police. Indeed. But I didn't realize that, that uh, I guess, from, from talking with you right before, that you were actually a pretty big wrestling fan. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, my boyfriend Josh got me into wrestling when we first started dating. I didn't know anything about it. It was one of those things like, oh, you know, he's important to me. This is important to him. And we started watching it. And all of a sudden... You know, then I subscribed to the network and I got my own subscription. Then I'm buying all the shirts and I got all this stuff and I have all these questions. And <laughs> yeah, so I got super, super into it, like kind of right away. Where did you grow up? Here in LA. Okay, so yeah. Okay. Born in Santa Monica, grew up in the Valley. So you've gone to some shows now? Yeah, yeah. I've gone to a couple, w, uh, a couple WWE shows and then some indie shows, which has been like way more fun. I'm actually uh, I'm actually performing in an indie show this weekend. Really? <laughs> yeah, which will be cool. Uh, you know the great Muda? Uh-huh. Yeah, do I'm, I know I mean, him? Yeah, I've heard, I, heard I, of like him. a stupid question, yeah. <laughs> this is, I don't do a lot of wrestling podcasts. <laughs> it's mostly music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to be, uh, I guess by the time this airs, I will have played the great Muda down to the ring. Nice. Yeah, it's a, a promotion called PCW here in LA. Really badass, like old school, really like rough and tumble, old school ECW style uh-huh. uh, wrestling promotion. So, so what are you going to play him to the ring? I'm going to play like his theme, his really? theme music. Yeah, that's cool. How did I that know. come about? Uh, but, you know, my boyfriend Josh works with them, and he's he also manages me. So he just kind of set it up. He said, mm-hmm. "Look, this would be kind of a cool angle, something to add to the show." I kind of get thrown into these situations. The same thing with the LA Kiss football team mm-hmm. when. They said instead of having someone sing the national anthem, why not have a chick play the national anthem? And that's how I got started working with Gene and Paul on the LA Kiss. So you would play the national anthem for them every game? Yeah, before the home games. How was that? So much fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. You know, I'm a big sports fan and a big America fan. So, uh, <laughs> and obviously a big Kiss fan. And a big Kiss Aren't fan. All, yeah. Right? So, uh, so getting to do that, you know, getting to be a part of that was absolutely amazing. And the coolest experience for me, because I got called for the Alice tour right in the middle of the season. I actually had to leave abruptly. The coolest moment for me, because I didn't get to interact with Gene and Paul all that much. But at the end, I was walking out of the arena, like my last show, all bummed out, like, but kind of excited. Mm Because I was going to the Alice Cooper Motley Crue tour and Paul was walking past me and I was going to stop in, but he was far and I didn't want to bug him. And he actually stopped and turned around. He goes, hey, Nita. And like he walked back like 20 (laughs) feet to me. He goes, I just want to say I heard this is your last day with us. And we're so bummed to be le- to be losing you, but if we have to lose you to any camp, I'm glad it's the Alice Cooper camp because they're the greatest guys and they're going to take great care of you. And That's we're cool. Have a great time. I was like, <laughs> isn't <laughs> you that didn't cool? Have right? To say that, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like like Paul and Gene have both been on this show. How cool! And ipso facto, become friends. And yeah. it's just so crazy when you get that kind of acknowledgement. Like even when we'll talk about Alice, but. Even Alice over the years, you know, he's been on the show too, and he's been—he's such a great guy. And I like this, like an Alice Cooper. Yeah, he's just sitting. Like, ah. 
<laughs> Paul Stanley just walked back to me. Yeah, no, that's you exactly. Know? I get that feeling all the time, and mm-hmm. I and it never goes away, which is so cool. I'm sure you have a similar mm-hmm. experience. Like all this time, you know, it's easy to just get jaded and go like, oh, whatever. I play with Alice all the time, but I still do get that thrill of a feeling. Absolutely. You know, you know it's funny. I went to um, uh, Clive Davis's Grammy party a couple mm-hmm. years ago with Paul. Mm-hmm. His wife was sick. I was in town because you want to come, so I went. And right in front of us was. Um, Albert King was it Albert King yeah Albert King and he uh he was like oh my god I said pause that Albert King he's like oh my god it's this Albert King <laughs> so he went and took a picture with him like right. you know old blues guy no I'm sorry it wasn't Albert King it was Buddy Guy Buddy Guy Buddy yeah, Guy yeah. oh awesome and uh he's like hey Buddy can I take a picture with you and I'm like here's Paul Stanley yeah. it's like it's like the bible Buddy Guy begat Paul Stanley who <laughs> Paul begat Stanley. Chris Jericho yeah, you know? totally. we're all just like so excited that's amazing you should always have that feeling yeah. you know did you get in on the picture I did not I just okay. I just he took a selfie and I was just I just was enjoying the experience of it right you know I had an experience like that uh, kind of similar to that at uh, Alice's manager Shep, Shep Gordon's Gordon. party yeah Great guy. he does a he does an, a charity event every year for New Year's Eve in Maui and, in Maui yeah. yeah and a couple of days before he has this big bash at his place place like seems pretty low-key but it's everybody from like oprah to joe montana to, you know mick Jim fleetwood Carey. like yeah, everybody's mick always up there playing drums like uh steven tyler steven tyler is singing like you, you can't even pry the mic out of his hands it's, <laughs> it's amazing and i end up with this picture and it was like two of the doobie brothers dave draymond from disturbed <laughs> and uh was it? ray benson and I think Paul Simon and me and they're like hey Nita come get in the picture I was like what <laughs> like me are you sure and the, you know it's it's amazing to have these experiences you know as a musician you know I grew up here in LA and you you have these experiences you go like so many times you look at these pictures you go man how cool would it be to be in that picture how cool would it be to be in that group mm-hmm. and now you know people are starting to say hey Nita come get in the picture and I still can't believe it but it's pretty cool to like we actually stayed my family and I stayed at Shep's uh, at his guest house there on that property mm-hmm. and it's just like as soon as you break down the barriers of oh my gosh it's Alice Cooper or it's yeah. Paul Stanley or Shep Gordon if you're a cool person and you have that mutual respect you know for you a great guitar player b cool person people just like being around other people that that are like that totally you know what I mean like I like I just think of Paul now like he's just a guy who has a really cool job right you know what I mean oh totally and that's how Shep is too Shep same is thing so low key you, you know? would never know the 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 depths of of the people and the entertainment and the the, oh, no. the influence he's had on the business yeah we when we go to Maui for New Year's after the event is over we stay a few extra days and I'm still getting used to being able to go over to Shep's and use his boogie boards <laughs> like, <laughs> I know which one you know like you know the exact them. ones like they you know over there on the back yeah um, you got to walk side. down the little slope to get to the yep, beach. Yep. And uh, and we were over there and I said, you know, I texted Amber, who's uh, who lives with Shep and works in our production. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, you know, can we come over and use the board? She goes, yeah, I'm not home, but just go in. And I actually, even after almost four years with the organization, I said, no, I'll wait till you're home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she goes, no, here's the gate code. Go on in. I said, I'll wait till you're there. <laughs> well, since we're talking about, about Shep and about Alice, how mm. is it for you? I mean, you think of, uh, did you see the movie Hired Gun? Yes. Like, what a great movie, right? Yes, and you, I did see it. You could have easily have been in there, too. I was like, in it. Were you in it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the the blonde guitar player. Well, I know. <laughs> I just watched it. I forgot that you were in it. Yeah, but yeah. You're joining no this long of- list of some of the greatest musicians of all time. Yeah, it was. You know, that was another experience when uh, when Franz Dryan, the director, called me up and he asked if I'd be a part of it. 
I literally, it was another one of those who me yeah. experiences. I was like, you want me in this? You have who else? And you want me? And mm. I was actually a part of the jams, like all the recording sessions and stuff. Uh, and I think it kind of started out, you know, I, I don't have any illusions about how it started out. They probably needed a girl in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was cool is it actually ended up being much more than that because I think they wanted to show somebody that was progressing from, you know, being a hardworking musician to getting up to that uh, that upper level, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was cool being that kind of underdog in the story. And Alice had a great line. He goes, now... I found Nita and now she's in that group, mm-hmm. you know, so it was cool. It's so funny. You're totally, you're, you're, you're totally in it. But I, I, just, I became so obsessed with, with Liberty DeVito and Rudy Sarzo oh in God, that movie. Right? Like just the Liberty story. Oh, what a story. And what a, like a sad story. Yeah. And the thing is our bass player, Paul DeLeo used mm. to be in Billy Joel's band. Oh really? So played with Liberty. So I'm like calling Paul, like, you gotta see this. Is, movie, it, true? is it true? Is it true? <laughs> but I mean, but what a great, like Alice says in the movie, like I, I don't have time for, for, for B-listers B-list guys. Yeah. You know, I need a lister. So I mean, what a great compliment and what a great yeah. lineage to be a part of this this band. The biggest compliment. You know, when I first joined the band, the uh, uh, Alice and uh, and everybody, you know, like kind of everybody in the organization was going, you know, you got to tone it down. Like, we don't want all this shred stuff going on. You need to really tone down the shred. We want rock guitar playing. And now that I've been in the band for a while and I can kind of express myself, Alice, I hear every interview, you go, wow, man, I'm so glad I have a shredder in the band. Like, you know, we do all the 80s stuff now. We do the Kane Roberts stuff and because I, that's right in my wheelhouse. I yeah. love to play like that. Yeah. So it's cool that I can kind of bring that flavor to the Alice camp. What an underrated guitar player, Kane Roberts. Right? Yeah. And I just did uh, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp with him. He's still in Is very he still? good shape. Because remember, super was a gimmick. Jacked. he was so big. No, he's super jacked still. Not like Rambo big, yeah. but still really, really big. In great shape, right? Yeah, in crazy good shape. Yeah. How did you get the gig with Alice? So uh, I was right in the middle of LA Kiss, right in the middle. You know, I had just, you know, sort of started. I was playing with Iron Maidens, the Iron Maiden tribute mm-hmm. band. Which is great. And uh, I love them. I, I still, talk about yeah. Um, so I was, I was kind of busy. I was, you know, I was writing my own music. I had the LA Kiss thing going on. And, uh, and then I, I was, will never forget, I was in the park running, doing cardio with a girlfriend of mine. And I get this call from a number, a national number I didn't know. And it was Kip Winger. Really? Who I didn't even know had my phone number. Interesting. Like, and he said, uh, hey, so do you have any availability like this summer? Are you are you busy? And I was like, yeah, no, I've got some stuff going on. I'm, I'm pretty busy. Why? Like, what is it? You're thinking Winger's calling? Her, yeah. Uh, well, I would have done that too. <laughs> sure. like, but, you know, but I, I said, no, you know, I've, I'm, I'm kind of busy. But what is it? He goes, it's uh, Alice Cooper. Alice mm. Cooper and Motley Crue. And I said, I'm completely available hundred <laughs> percent in yeah. no oh. conflicts whatsoever <laughs> oh, my oh, schedule kip Winger. oh no I'm, I'm fine yeah no 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 i'm totally in yeah. and you know because kip played with alice right was he, is he kind of scouting for him or something i or? guess he had just gotten word through the grapevine mm. you know they were uh he and bob ezrin were kind of just putting shep and bob ezrin were kind of putting the feelers out we're looking for somebody they had orianthi in the band mm-hmm. so they kind of liked that dynamic One of, the, of the, having the, the, a the know, hot blonde, blonde chick on in guitar, the band. Right? Yeah. yeah and um and so I got the audition and he goes, what can I send them? And I was like, oh man, they're not going to like any of the Iron Maiden stuff. Like my music, you know, my band's music was super heavy. They're going to hate that. So I ended up sending them a video of the national anthem from the LA Kiss games. Wow. So, cause that was, at least it shows them that I can stand on my own. It's at a full arena of people. So they know I can play on a big stage without being intimidated. 
And it's America. How are they going to say no to the national anthem? So I sent them a video of the national anthem, and then I got the call to. Uh, that's comment. actually a really cool idea. I mean, you know? that's how you set yourself apart. I mm-hmm. think you know what am I going to do? I'm going to send them a video playing in my bedroom. Yeah. You know, that's not going to impress anybody. Everybody does that. Right. Everybody does that on YouTube. What can I show them that someone else isn't going to show them? And it was America. You know, it's funny. Uh, Vivian Campbell did the show, and he was talking about when he auditioned for Dio, and he said it was like 1982. Everybody's coming in there playing shred, 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 shred. So he went in there and he said he played everything he could play and Dio still wanted him to play more so he just started playing Chuck Berry riffs nice and after that Dio said you got the gig and what really sold me was you you playing the Chuck Berry just the little bluesy riffs not the shred which everyone's doing yeah it stood out by just doing the basic yeah the, the national anthem you know it's so funny um so in this audition process I mentioned earlier that they said tone down the shred bring back you know bring in the basics bring in the rock my first audition video to send to Bob Ezrin and Chuck Gordon and I pulled out every stop that I could think of. I did every crazy trick. So I was like, oh, I'm going to show them everything I can do. Every crazy trick, every whammy bar over the, you know, playing mm-hmm. on the other side of the neck, upside down, anything I could think of. And they got back to me and they said, this is not what we want at all. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, I remember so clearly, and I tell this story often, but Bob Ezrin's exact tone of voice when he said to me on the phone, can you do anything else? <laughs> and I said, no, 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 of course. You know, no, I didn't know what you wanted. Like right. now, okay, basic. No, I can do basic. And it actually took me, they were kind enough to give me three tries to dumb it down and then well, dumb it down. That's and what and you're saying too, the fact that like they didn't have to call you back at all. Like, this is no. Bob Ezrin. You're no. auditioning for Bob Ezrin. I'm shocked. I'm, I was so shocked and I did not, you know, like, and, and every time I just, I want to always express anytime if Bob is listening, I want to express my gratitude mm. for him giving me other chances and seeing some something there that said I want to see I want to give her another chance Mm. to see more and I think you know it wasn't that I wasn't technically proficient I think they just wanted to see that I could play chords and not overplay like play for the song you know it's 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 Angus Young and Keith Richards like the best guitar players ever not what you play it's what you don't play at times yeah especially for a band like Alice when so many of much of his stuff is 70s based right 70s based and we have three guitar players in the band too that's interesting yeah it's myself Ryan Roxy and Tommy Hendrickson playing Mm. in the band so it's a lot of not playing it's Mm -hmm. a lot of what you don't play you know to let the song breathe but still give it that modern wall of sound right sound was that interesting for you to come into a band that was already established with all guys, boys club sort of thing? How was that kind of fitting in? You know, I, I came in and uh, it's funny, you know, listening to you. I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts and I hear some of the female guests on the podcasts. And I think of it, it's it seems pretty similar. Like you kind of have to come in and establish yourself right away. Like you're not going to get pushed around. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of only a few ways you can go. You can be the little sister, you know, you can be the bitch or you can be the chick and get treated like the chick, you know, and I've always been a little sister, you know, the bands have always taken me under their wing and, you know, you hear all these stories now, like the Me Too movement and everything going on. It's so scary and so prevalent. I hardly have any stories like that. Wow, that's interesting, especially in rock and roll, right? Totally, but almost nothing because I'm always the guitar player. You Mm. know, I never go in as anyone's girlfriend. I never go in, you know, I am someone's girlfriend, you know, but I don't go in as, you know, I'm the chick in the room, treat me like, you know, Mm -hmm. no one really treats me like that because they treat me like the guitar player of the band. You know, if you walk in as the guitar player of the band, you get treated like that, I think. See, but we always, I I almost insist on it, have uh, like our merch 
person is always a, a girl. Yeah, of course. I like the dynamic. Yeah, totally. And it takes a, a ballsy chick to go on the bus with a bunch of guys. Absolutely. But if you can find the right one, it's the dynamic. I just love having that element. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense, you know, like, you know, having a, a hot chick selling merch, it's mm-hmm. it's a stereotype, but it makes sense and it works. And you it know? works, right. It totally works. And having a personable, cool girl around to talk to, like, the guys in my band, we give each other a hard time, but we're like a family. Mm-hmm. We really, really are. You know, I spend eight months, ten months. Right. Right. a year with those guys so these guys they uh you know we spend so much time out of the year together we could be miserable but we're we're the best of friends we really but that's are. the secret too of any rock and roll band you can totally. find 100 great players but who's yeah. the guy you can hang out with on the bus for the eight hour drive or whatever it may be oh yeah oh yeah right? and and alice too you know alice and his wife cheryl are such a great influence on us you know they've been married 42 years that's crazy you know and uh and you know they they barely you know Cheryl maybe has a glass of wine here and there. Alice of course doesn't drink. You know, we get on the bus early so Alice can get to golf early in the morning. <laughs> so it's just like a super healthy, chill, right. cool environment. So what, is, what? Tell me about that. What is the kind of the, the schedule? If you have a day off, is Alice always golfing? He golfs every day, even, even if he's playing. Even on show days. On show days, wow. Yeah, he plays nine on show days, eighteen on days off. God. Yeah, and that's all I know about golf. <laughs> <laughs> if he ever does the Alice Cooper Mini Golf Invitational. <laughs> You're in. I'm in, yeah. I guess that's the typical story, though, of like an addict, right? Like a super crazy drug addict, super crazy alcoholic. So pawn all that off, become a super crazy golfaholic. Totally. And he actually has said that. He mm-hmm. traded his, you know, he's a he's he's got a schedule. You know, he's got a, you know, a very, not rigid, but he's like has he likes to be on the schedule. And I think that's that addictive personality coming out. Like, if you're not going to be addicted to drugs or alcohol, you get addicted to having Something your stuff else, yeah. how you like it. So the golf is a big thing. He likes to go out and check out the shopping and the malls and stuff in each city and hmm. just like certain little things. And then, uh, you know, before the show, he gets there at the same time. He kind of has his routine that he does. He watches kung fu movies before the show. <laughs> so if I'm usually in the dressing room next to his. And uh, you always hear ah, <laughs> crazy stuff. And then he comes out as Alice Cooper. And then when he comes out in the makeup, then he's Alice Cooper. And he's not, you know, our kind of rock and roll dad anymore. Then he's, he plays that character. He's right? He the falls character. in the character. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why people people say a lot. You guys probably get this with Fozzie. Hey, you know, I want to propose to my girlfriend at your show. You know, can you give my son a shout out? It's his 18th birthday. And that's why you never see him do any of that stuff mm-hmm. because he's the character. You're in character. Yeah. You have to be that way. Absolutely. I find that way even like for for a Fozzie show or for for wrestling. Once you get the suit of armor on, your your stage gear, your rock yeah. clothes, you know. And I hate doing this, but before the show, someone, especially at festivals, you'd be back, you know, waiting mm-hmm. behind the stage to go up the stairs. Yeah, someone wants to take a picture. It's like not now. Like this and is like, what you Jay? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> this is the time to be in the mindset. Whether yeah. you're about to go to the ring oh, or go on stage, it's like off yeah like, not to be rude but get away from me that's yeah that's that those precious few moments where you're psyching yourself mm-hmm. up and you're you know you're doing whatever you're doing you're you know you know i hear a lot of people say they visualize the route to the stage or to the ring or whatever like whatever your routine is that's your time mm-hmm. to do that i'm the exact same way how was it for you like the first time you played with alice because i love the fact that you're auditioning for the manager and the producer yeah then they're telling alice check this, is this what's going on. person yeah. out exactly they kind of i think they kind of weeded through everything um, and then I actually didn't meet Alice. By the time I met Alice the first time, I was already in the band. Really? Yeah, it was funny. And so I was so jamming with the guys. No, no, I hadn't. I actually like I did the whole thing via video, and then I met Shep and Bob, and you know we spoke for a while here in LA. And then a few weeks later, they said, "Okay, you're in. We're good. You start in two weeks." You know, it was that. It was that quick. Mm. You know, it was 
space of three weeks total from me looking at tickets for the Motley Crue Alice Cooper show at the Hollywood Bowl to actually being in the band. That's insane. I mean, I you was were going to go yeah, to the gig. I was going to go to the gig at the Hollywood Bowl thinking this might be the last time I see Motley Crue, you know, like, <laughs> and, uh, and two weeks later I was in the band. Wow. It was amazing. And then, uh, I was on my way to the gym. So just, you know, gym clothes, sweatpants, no makeup, hair in a bun. And Bob Ezrin calls me and said, well, Alice is in town. Uh, and I thought you'd like to meet since you're going to be going on tour together. I said, oh, yes, I would love to. Please just let me know where and when. He goes, well, right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. No, you know, like, you know, the first thing, you never, ever turn down that kind of opportunity in this business, whatever it is. No, you don't say, "Uh, can you make it four o'clock? Right. You know, absolutely. I'll be there in 30 minutes. Turn around. Like high school, makeup in the mirror. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Hair, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I did. And ended up going up to Johnny Depp's house. And meeting Alice, he was there. He's got a studio at his house. Alice was there recording the Hollywood Vampires mm-hmm. record. So I was just, that's that's where I met Alice the first time. I didn't even know it was Johnny Depp's house until later. <laughs> so how was it for your first gig, actually being there with Alice Cooper as Alice? It was it was amazing. You know, I've I've been playing since I was 13. I've been, I started, I did my first national tour at 15. And I really? started, yeah. And I started playing with Alice four years ago. I guess I was, must have been 26 when mm-hmm. I started doing that. So it was a long journey to get to that point. And it took me back when I first I, when I first stepped on that stage. It took me back to this cover band I played in when I was about eighteen, nineteen. We played once a week, and we got five hundred bucks for five people and all you could drink. So it was a great <laughs> gig. Um, so it was a hundred bucks each, and and we played Poison in this cover band. And when that song started, like when I heard the sample, like meow, and yeah. the sample kicked in. I almost started crying like it was like this so everything kind of flashed before my eyes and I thought of like all these hours of being hungry and thirsty and sleeping in the van and you know trying to sleep over winding roads and my you know my old band had an energy drink endorsement so we would sleep in the back of the truck on top of cans of energy drinks and it's so uncomfortable and Mm. like and being hungry and so hot in the summer and so cold in the winter and all this stuff all led up to this moment playing the same song. Wow, you know full I mean? circle, right? Full as full circle. And I get chills even thinking about it now because I think like it's like that movie Rockstar when they say if you work hard enough and you want it bad enough, it happens. And mm-hmm. it did happen. It actually happened in playing the same song, the same exact notes, same guitar even, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and then playing with Alice, it was really surreal. That's amazing. It still feels surreal. It still did does. You, did you get any did you pick up any tips or show business advice from Alice just from watching him or him telling you? Well, let me think. Actually, I think I gave Shep the piece of advice that he repeats to everybody always. Because when I first met Shep and Bob, uh, I I got there like 15 minutes early and I sent Shep a text. I said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm a little early, but I'm here. And they came right down at Sunset Marquee. They came down and got me. And Shep said, we are refreshingly early. (laughs) And I said, (laughs) well, my dad always taught me if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. Wow. That's the truth too, uh, right? That's absolutely. And that's, and Shep repeats that to me now almost every time I see (laughs) him. As if he thought of it. (laughs) No, no, he he does give me the credit. I tell everybody that. (laughs) Well, especially in this town, because in LA, the the, the tendency is to be late. Like even today, like I was, I might've been 30 minutes late and I didn't hear back. So I got to be there as close to 10 as I can. Right, right, right. But that that shows 
character. Absolutely. It shows that you care. It really does. You know? and, and even the fact, you know, if you were going to be late, you said, hey, just a heads up, I might be late. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't give you that courtesy. They don't. You know, it's it, it's funny. I had uh, uh, one of the, one of these days, I had a bunch of guests lined up and they all canceled. One actually, ah. Paul Stanley was one and Zach Wilde was one. Whatever happened, whatever reason. And William Shatner was one of the guys. Right. And he called the studio and I was like, oh, shit. And it's like he called the studio mm-hmm. to tell me he was going to be 10 minutes late. Right. And this is William Shatner at 84 years old. And it's sure. like, that's how you do it. That's old school Hollywood. Absolutely. You Just know? to let you know. And I actually, I had a, I had rehearsal with the Starbreakers, my cover band, yesterday. And I did the same thing. I sent a text to the group text. said, hey, just want to let you guys know we had 7 o'clock rehearsal. And I was like, I'm probably going to be there like 7.05, 7.10. And this is like a cover band, you know, super casual, this and that. But I just get that, you know, you get, the, you get in that mentality of of that and it doesn't matter if you're meeting a friend for coffee or if you're meeting Shep Gordon and Bob right. Ezra and you say hey just a heads up I'm going to be late or better yet don't be late right. exactly <laughs> be early yeah um, what is the rule again if you're early if you're early you're on time yeah. if you're on time you're late if you're late you're fired, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So how was it going on tour with, uh, with Motley Crue? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was so great. Everyone told me, you know, and uh, I don't drink now, but I, I drank a lot back then. And everyone was like, oh, better watch out. I know you think you can drink. Those guys are crazy. Da, da, da. You know, better watch out. You've heard all the stories about those guys. They were the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure to be on tour with. No one hit on me. No one, you know, no one was rude to me. They were like every single member of the band. They're like, watch out for Nikki. Watch out for Tommy Lee. You know, Nikki ended up being one of my biggest confidants. Like when I got, I got sober on that tour and I, Really? Up, yeah, I got sober in the middle of the Motley Crue tour. <laughs> it, was so it was so crazy. Like, you know, the hardest time to to get, you yeah. know, to make this huge life change. And, you know, we were on the road in New Orleans and that was the day I got sober. And I ended up going to Nikki a few days later and saying, look, I'm make I'm ready to make this step. And he gave me a you know reading list. He you know, told me to read the Book of Awakening, like all this different stuff. And like you know checked in on me throughout the tour like hey how are you feeling how's everything going like it was the total opposite like i don't want to kill anyone's motley crew rock and roll you know yeah. fantasy here but it, they were so cool mm. and they delivered every night you know it was we were on that tour for two and a half years i it think was a great mix a great mix because yeah, yeah they started with alice and ended with alice didn't yeah, they? yeah yeah we did you know what we did every single show except the last show Oh, really? It was heartbreaking. Oh. It was, I mean, we were on that tour for two years and change, and uh, the last show was on New Year's Eve, and Shep has the charity every year. Oh. So we couldn't skip the charity event. You know, Alice has done it every year, and he couldn't, you know, he didn't want to skip it. Mm -hmm. So we missed the final like we missed the final <laughs> goodbye which w- would have been you know staple center in my hometown yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but uh but we did do the rest of the tour it was it was an amazing experience and a great mix like you said mm-hmm. you know having alice cooper and motley Crue is a perfect crossover fan you know but, so there were no people like oh i like motley Crue, but i hate alice well yeah the, the, the once again alice and we got motley Crue in a lot of ways absolutely you know? and, and they just, treated us like that and i just love the fact that you chose to get sober when you get the gig playing with Alice Cooper on tour with Motley Crue. Oh yeah, totally. Said, said nobody ever. Said nobody ever. It's the worst, <laughs> the worst timing. But for me, it was the best timing. Like yeah. it was, you know, 
it was at that point that you always get to like a lot of people get to where you're just like drinking every day mm. you know like you don't think about it you it was don't, a habit it's a total habit you go okay I'm gonna have a couple you know I like to drink vodka I have a vodka before the show and then I take one on stage and just sip it and then after the show you go see, see the fans hang out you have a drink with them and then the day off you go to the bar because there's nothing else to do in Wichita whatever mm. and then all of a sudden you're like wait a second so I'm Drinking before the show, during the show, after the show, day off. All of a sudden, you're like, this is seven days a week. Right. I was getting all fat and stuff. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. nobody likes a fat girl in the band. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and uh, kind of kills was, your gimmick. Yeah. And I was eating really badly. You know, then you get on the bus all drunk and you're eating pizza mm. and, you know, and all this stuff. And um, so I got my act together, you know, and uh, started working out a lot, started getting really into fitness. I started getting my meals delivered on the road. This company, Trifecta uh, Trifecta Nutrition, they send my meals out once a week. That's so I'm great. eating super healthy. And yeah, it's just been a, a big change. I have all this energy now. I, you know, <laughs> I wear a step counter on stage. I hit my 10,000 steps during the show. It's, it's cool. It's so fun, uh, just how it's gone nowadays. Like so many bands are like that like the, the the cliche of like the it's the same thing in wrestling in a lot of ways too mm. like the partying on the road it's kind of gone away totally you know it really has totally i do ddp on the road do you really I do yeah. In my room. yeah shout out to ddp yoga big time fine yeah. sponsor of this show <laughs> yeah i mean that yoga josh got me into it a while ago and it's yeah i do the ddp you know we do the juice everybody's you know the guys in my band now we drink the collagen protein and the coffee and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you go on other bands buses and they've got their juicers and they've got their stuff like oh have you guys tried these protein bars i know right it's it's, it's uh, we were uh, touring with loaded a few years ago mm. in in sydney australia and um, Duff and I were doing this total, like it was called the caveman diet, paleo yeah, diet, yeah, yeah. where you eat nothing but like nuts and beef what, and eggs, eat. what cavemen would eat. And uh, Duff was super hungry. I'm like, hey man, I got some, some got almonds. Some nuts. Yeah. And like we're exchanging almonds. Like 10 years ago would have been take a blue one and a red one and a right. yellow one, take all these pills. Now it's almonds, man. You got some almonds. We, we were laughing about that on the Motley Crue tour. Nikki called it the highway to health. <laughs> we had this, this green drink uh, Tommy Hendrickson our guitar player had this hookup with this green drink he, he would get it sent out I forget what it was called now but Nick you'd always come in the room hey you guys got that stuff and it was the green drink yeah. <laughs> highway the to healthy health drink, yeah. yeah it was the green you know the, the super spirulina drink yeah yeah who else have you toured with uh, have you gone any other big tours with somebody or is it mostly just Alice on his own uh, we just got off the road with Deep Purple oh yeah uh, we were on the road with Deep Purple all summer which was it was a really interesting mix because it wasn't that super crossover fan you know right. the Alice fans weren't there to see Deep Purple the Deep Purple fans weren't there to There's see a Alice vision yeah so it yeah. was a uh, it's definitely definitely its own thing you mm -hmm. know I saw Deep Purple at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they got inducted and it was uh it was an old guy's band. <laughs> oh, totally. Not a lot of energy going on. It wasn't like Alice or Ozzy where they still have the fire. It was just yeah, like yeah. one step away from just sitting down on stage. Well, the interesting thing about it is, you know, you look at Deep Purple, you look at Ian Pace and all these guys, they've got the OG guys in the band. Mm -hmm. You know, Alice and Ozzy, they kind of played true. it smart. You know, they've got, Ozzy's got Gus G, or I think Zach Wilde is back Great now. Great point, though. All younger got, guys. Like, they kind of, yeah. like, the hotshot players, mm -hmm. you know, so it... It makes sense, but it was hard, I think, for Purple to go on as a headliner after we just, you know, Alice oh getting gosh. guillotine and fireworks and this and that, and we had all of our stuff, and I'm running around like a maniac, and <laughs> Alice's wife is there in her miniskirt, you know, right. looking all Still hot. Still looks hot, yeah. Oh, she looks gorgeous. Yeah, she's awesome, You yeah. would never guess, yeah. you know, that they'd been married 42 years. She doesn't even look like she's been alive for 42 <laughs> years. And... um 
And then Purple had to go on. Yeah, like, sorry boys. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. And uh, Edgar Winter opened up that tour. Oh wow! So it was it was this wild mix. And it's I kind think of some cool it, guitar players for you to watch though. Oh, like Steve Morris and yeah. Edgar Winter. Yeah, Steve Morris, Doug Rappaport playing guitar for Edgar Winter, who's mm. just like insane, mm. insanely good. Edgar's band is nuts. Like, Are they the younger talent. guys? Younger guys. Okay. Yeah, he's got this awesome rhythm section. Was it Coco Powell and? Uh, can't remember the drummer we just called j-rock <laughs> he's gonna hate me because i don't remember his name but we just called him j-rock just j-rock, j-rock. Yeah. But these guys you know just like super funky you know super funky guys it was really really great band when you're talking about all the all the gags and all the tricks that alice does mm-hmm. on stage what are some of your favorites i like the frankenstein because i get to interact so is that when they build the frankenstein he comes out you know so alice uh, we're playing feed my frankenstein alice goes into the i guess the gas chamber or some, something he goes into this big apparatus dies again yeah, yeah dies again <laughs> this you know fireworks shootouts all kinds of pyro that you have to stay clear of on stage and then the frankenstein emerges and runs around the stage and kind of chases us all around and it's a. Uh, it's funny because, you know, when, when I was in the Iron Maidens, we used to have an eddy and the eddy was about seven feet tall, yeah. like, you know, just a foot, a foot higher than us, you know, and he'd come out kind of like lumber around the stage. And then so people always said, well, what was the transition like from playing with the Iron Maidens to playing with Alice Cooper? I said, it was the same, just bigger monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot more than that. But yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, when, uh, when Alice was on, he talked about uh, the guillotine, some of the tricks for that, yeah. the hanging. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, he still does that, though, he nightly, does. right? Yeah. He does the guillotine every night. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. You guys, I think he would, he did your show when we were in Winnipeg. Right? Uh, it was Calgary. It was Calgary. Yeah, I happened to be in Calgary and yeah. I went over to the hotel and, and uh, banged Yeah, it I remember because I said, what? It was, I was like, and no one told me. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those ones where you're like, you got 30 minutes with Alice. I'm like, okay. okay. And I went in there and it was like 70 minutes and I had to cut him off. I'm like, don't right. you have to go like take don't a nap or something or whatever do. you do? That is but that's what it was. <laughs> it was. It literally was. He had to take a little bit of a snooze before the show, but yeah. he wouldn't stop. And I was like, yeah, what a, just an awesome guy to be around and fun. And totally, you know, he's like that even at his meet and greets, you know, we do, he does the after show meet and greet with the, the, you know, there's like the VIP level mm-hmm. where you talk to Alice after the show. Sometimes the bus will wait on him for two or three hours because he just sits there. It's not one of those meet and greets where you get rushed through. Right. He sits and he talks and he interacts and chats with everybody. And even when we're out and about, like even when we're just sitting having dinner as a band, you know, sometimes we'll go out to a restaurant on a day off. I've seen Alice literally take a fork with food on it out of his mouth when someone will just come up and go, hey, Alice, I just want to, you know, and he never gets exasperated. He never gets frustrated. He goes, oh, really? You know, puts the fork down. Tell me about it. Wow. Tell me about the first time you heard Billion That's Dollar so Babies. That's so rare, too, right? Oh, yeah. Like, even me will be like, can you wait till I'm done eating? Yeah, you know? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Even me. And yeah. I'm like, you know, you, this, it goes from Alice right, to Jericho right, yeah. to, and then me down at the bottom. I go, can you please wait till I'm done with my phone conversation mm-hmm. or whatever? I've never seen Alice do that. Really? I've never. He will stop whatever he's doing. And uh, I think it was, I think this is actually a wrestling quote. This is an Alice quote, but it makes sense. Someone said, uh... You'll never remember it, but they'll never forget. Dio. Is it Dio? Dio told me that. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know if you yeah. read my book, but he, I put that. That yeah. must have been what yeah, it was. Like always give people their moment. Yeah. Because you won't remember it, but they'll never forget. That's it. what it is. Yeah. And I think I heard that story from somebody I met through WWE. Oh, but yeah. I think he told me it 
He told it to us about you. Well, that's my story. Gio. Yeah, if someone <laughs> yeah. else claimed it, that's mine. I'm claiming it right now. <laughs> copyright. Yeah, copyright for me. <laughs> we, 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 did you tour with Alice when they, when they went out with Maiden, or was that still Oriana? No, that was Ori. Okay. I Ori. wish it had been me. I was going to say, with the irony, right? <laughs> I wish it had been me. I heard a rumor that we were going to do some shows with them last year, and it didn't happen. Didn't pan out? No, it didn't happen. Uh, I did jam with Dave at uh, with Dave Murray at Shep's At Shep's thing, right, because yeah. Dave is a Maui guy it as well, isn't he? It was so cool. <laughs> yeah, we had the same pedal board. It was so cool. Was that, was that who you played in the Iron Maidens? Yeah, I was Dave. I was Mega Murray. Okay, so let's yeah. go through it. It's it's uh, it's uh, Bruce Chickenson, Bruce Chickenson, which is the all-time best name ever. Best name ever. Then Mega Murray. Mega Murray, uh, Adriana Smith. Adriana Smith. Steph Harris. <laughs> and Nikki McBrain. <laughs> Nikki McBrain. Yeah. So I so awesome. so what years were you in the Iron Maidens? 2011 to 14. So I came and saw the Iron Maidens when I was doing Dancing with the Stars with mm. James Durbin at, mm. in some place in Redondo Beach. Yeah. Were you in the band? No, I wasn't. Okay. But I, I saw Courtney uh, She's last Adrian. night rehearsal. Adriana. Yeah, there. I met her there. Yeah, yeah, And I said, didn't he come see me with you guys? She said, no, he just came. And he I just watched. The show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super fun. You know, playing in that band was such a great experience because, you know, as you know, playing in a tribute band it really lets you get inside the head of your favorite musicians, you know, in a way like, you know, of course I always listen to Iron Maiden, but when you start playing it and learning it note for note, you really start to like learn why they do what they do. You know what I mean? So it made, it was a cool, cool experience. What, what a great idea. And they, they actually, or you guys did really good business too, like touring oh, yeah. kind of worldwide and that sort of thing. They still do. They're, they're about to go to Australia. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. You know, mm. that's I think one of the few tribute bands that gets booked worldwide. When I was with them, we would go down to South America and we'd headline festivals. Wow. Like big festivals, not dinky little, like, right. you know, like I'm talking 20, 30,000 people. And we'd be up there, you know, we'd start playing Fear of the Dark and everyone's singing along and yeah. guys in the front row were crying, you know, like, <laughs> I remember it's, it's kind yeah. of an embodiment so interrupt you but yeah. I remember like on, when I was on stage it's like where were these girls when I was in high school <laughs> I would have like gone after all of them like right. a chick a hot chick who loves Iron Maiden and can play, can Iron, play Maiden. Iron Maiden That's like the... it's like a dream girl for a rocker right. you know <laughs> it's it's fun you know and, and it's funny because I've always been that chick you know I've mm. been that chick since I've been a you know, old enough to be a chick and I started playing guitar right away you know mm. so it's it's funny for me because for me it's normal you know, all my really all my close friends are musicians all my close girlfriends are musicians so it's funny for me to take myself out of that and go oh yeah that is weird <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is yeah. unusual but it you know it's it's cool it's a so cool when you thing met Dave did you tell him hey like I used to play you in a oh, band oh he knew actually oh, okay. which is so funny the guys in Iron Maiden totally know who we are like when uh when Alice came through uh, Tampa, Nico came to the show and he didn't even know I was in the band. <laughs> I was I was actually doing Nikki's podcast that day, so I was walking there. I was walking to where he was taping, and Nico goes, "Hey, there's my Iron Maiden. What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing in Florida?" I was like, "I'm in Alice's band now." It was a cool little moment. That's great. Yeah, yeah. There's my Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> he came and did the show after the gig in Vegas a couple of years ago, mm. and he walked in wearing uh, like pajama pants. Right. I said, you walk in with your pajama pants. These aren't pajama pants. They're chef pants. <laughs> I'll give you a, another shine. I had a shine. I'll give you another shine. Like, Nico, what's the difference between chef pants and, and pajama, pajama pants. pants? It's the same thing. What was the difference? Oh, you wear them as a chef. You don't wear them to go to sleep. You put them on to cook food. Don't so you is know? He, is he cooking something? Uh, no. <laughs> no. He was coming over to, you to know, do a podcast. Yeah. To do a podcast after have the show. Have you been to his restaurant? I have not. 
It's good. Yeah. Really, really I, good. I wanted to go down to his restaurant to do my podcast there, right. but, but Rod Smallwood uh, uh, refused. That he said, the only me. way you can do this podcast is after you see the show. You have to see the show first. Well, I want to talk to Nico. Maybe I want to talk about his ribs. Nope. You're not talking about his ribs. You go see the show, then you can do it. I'm like, right. all right, Rod, whatever you want, dude. I've heard so many stories about him. I've never met him. <laughs> did you have any issues? Like, did they ever have a problem with the Iron Maiden's no. existence? No, they were so cool. It's not like, you know, it, I've heard so many, you know, like Bon Jovi goes after tribute bands or like whatever it is. And the the Iron Maiden guys were nothing but supportive wow. of us. Let's well, ask Gene. Now, that. I don't know if Rod has gotten involved. <laughs> he might not know, but. Uh, I asked Gene that involved. about Kiss tribute bands mm. and he said uh, they allow them to exist because it promotes the brand sure. but he requires them to all sign a letter of thank you <laughs> dear Gene thank you for letting us do this so they uh, have to kiss the ring basically kiss the a ring a little bit kiss the kiss how ring funny. to be kissed and I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> you know Gene always wins in the end so I guess that's how he gets out of it you right? know what uh, I, I, I kind of think that's nice I think it's, it's fair it's better just when thank nice. us yeah. That's all. Just thank us if you want. Yeah. So what, uh, what like, because when you did the Iron Mains, when I saw them, I mean, uh, they opened with Be Quick or Be Dead. It wasn't mm. like just typical run to the hills. Oh, totally. Trooper type stuff. They you guys are doing deep. everything. Yeah, they go, go deep. super deep. We did reach out a couple times. Wow. And Courtney actually sang it for because the Maiden Adrian's, fans that Adrian really sang know. It. Yeah. So no we, kidding. we go, or I shouldn't say we, because I haven't been in the band in like three years, but mm. they, you know, they go really deep and they take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've always written my own music. You know, I'm, I'm working on, you know, I have my band, We Start Wars now, and I still play with the, the band. The band is called We Start Wars? Yeah my, yeah, my original band is called We Start Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to transition to doing my own music, you know, from playing, you know, playing Alice songs, playing, you know, the Maiden songs, and then the Starbreakers is my cover band with mm -hmm. Courtney and Jill Janis from mm -hmm. Huntress, and that's all classic metal covers. So it's interesting now, you know, now I've got a little time off this year, and I'm working on my solo record, you know, instrumental guitar solo record, and I'm working on We Start Wars. And it's so interesting to kind of like pivot into that world, like, okay, now I have to play what I like to play. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about, you know, what would Dave Murray do? What would, you know, Randy Rhodes have done? Now I'm Kim like, Roberts, what does Nita want to yeah. do? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. What were the hardest Maiden songs to play? I don't know if anyone were really that hard. Mm. It was more just getting it right. Right. You know, it was more just getting it like, you know, taking the Nita out of it you know a little bit not fully because you want to play it like yourself but you know really just you know getting it so the maiden fans don't complain about it which mm -hmm. is tough mm -hmm. <laughs> right 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 because they're serious they're For hardcore. sure sure yeah and they're gonna be watching every movie you make especially with like the harmony parts and stuff like that oh yeah you know oh yeah and you know a lot of times you know the the fans maiden fans are so fanatical that one time i even saw someone comment that uh linda their drummer doesn't look enough like nico when she plays <laughs> like Hey, listen. Come on. No, no girl wants to look like Nico McBrain. Not McBrain. So much. You know? <laughs> no, 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 please don't. Smash so in the much. face with a frying pan. Yannick, maybe. maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the hot guy in Maiden? I guess Yannick. maybe Bruce in '85. Yeah, Adrian well, is always a good-looking guy. Yeah, Adrian. I mean, you know, yeah. you, no one's no one's <laughs> looking no, at Iron Maiden. There's no lookers really. No one's, in that no band, one's putting yeah. them in the Chippendale calendar. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So you mentioned, you know, when you talk about Starbreakers and the Iron Maidens, um, and it's it's probably, well, it's still the world we live in. Did you, did you ever have, like, people kind of, or did you have people go, like, oh, she's good for a girl? Oh, yeah. That sort of, of thing? Always. Yeah. Always. That's, you know, and it doesn't really bother me. It used to, mm-hmm. you know, but now that, now that I'm older and smarter, mm-hmm. uh, I really think it's just, you know, I can't get mad at people for me being who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's, I don't, I'm blonde, I'm a girl, I play guitar. I wouldn't expect me to be any good either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's unfortunately just the stereotype of how things are. A lot of girls in this business have skated by on being good-looking chicks. It's the same in wrestling. It's the same in, you know, I'm sure it's the same Hollywood. in almost any yeah. in Hollywood completely uh, in any field, you mm-hmm. know, and that's you see it so, so, so much. That's actually like the shirts I wear on stage. I wear a shirt that says stay humble or be humbled. I have another one that says ego kills talent because mm-hmm. you see so many people that just try to skate by on you know, I'm a hot chick or I'm this or I'm that or I've I've played with this person or I've done this or that and they just hang their hat on that. That's all they've done. And you have to work hard. You have to you have to prove yourself. And I think as a female in the business, you have to prove yourself even more. You know, you it's just the way it's just the way that it is. You have to I say that too, no even like people think, you know, well with Fozzie, it's like, oh, there's a wrestler? Oh, wrestler come on. Guy. That can't yeah. be any good. Sure. So I always say like we have to work twice as hard to get people's respect. Absolutely. But once you get it, you got it for life. You got it for life. Well, it doesn't hurt having Rich Ward in your band. Well, <laughs> that's me because the, the band is good. So yeah, then the you band know is solid. that you know that that at least just give it a shot. Yeah. And you will like it. Yeah, you know? that's that's how I felt a lot. You know, a lot of my life, you know, and it's probably the same thing. Oh, it's the wrestler guy. Okay. Mm. No, I'll go. Chick, yeah. It's oh, it's the chick. Okay. And then you have to just walk in. That's what I told the girls in We Start Wars, you know, cuz as an original all female hard rock heavy metal band just instrumental is no, there no, this is a singer band. too this singer. is like a you know real band singer. yeah yeah but we start words i didn't know if it was just all instrumental stuff no no okay. this is this the the real band it's singer two guitar players keyword player the whole shebang wow, okay uh so i really told them i was like you guys when we come out and start playing shows you know we did our first our first show last year at the whiskey i said we have to leave no doubt with the stage show you have to come in and let people know because it is a bunch of hot chicks in my band mm-hmm. like let's you know like yeah. realistically i do have a bunch of super hot chicks in my band it's showbiz, people, man. Yeah, that's the gimmick. Sure it is. You know, and people are going to look at this band and say, those girls are not going to be good players. Mm-hmm. You know, the other guitar player in my band plays an eight-string guitar, which I can't even comprehend. Mm. That's you like know? John Petrucci type shit. Big time. Big Maybe time. even one more string. I don't know if John plays an eight-string. Yeah, he plays a seven. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like super technical music. My drummer's an amazing double bass player. Like, it, you know, it's hot chicks, but it's talented chicks. Mm. And I said, we have to come out swinging. We have to come out super strong. Otherwise, people aren't going to take it seriously. Right. So it's it's. It doesn't really grow on trees, though. Even with the star breakers, I mean, all the girl, girl, like I said, I think uh, Jill posted a picture with me on it Mm because I'm going to do a song with you. I'm like, well, there's the ugliest guy (laughs) in the band right there. But it's still all blondes, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) But where are you finding like, like I said, like once again, as as a kid growing up in high Mm -hmm. school, being a metal guy, there were some pretty girls. Don't get me wrong, but pretty girls that could shred and could play. Like, where are you finding all these girls? You have to look under a lot of rocks. (laughs) Yeah, sure you (laughs) do. It's hard. It's hard. Um, But you know, like I said, all my friends are musicians. Mm. You know, I. 
I've been I've been in the scene for so long. You know, I've been playing shows around here since I was 15. And right. so like you just make friends with like minded people. You know, my my keyboard player, I've taken with me from band to band to band for like six years. Mm-hmm. You find good people. Uh, my drummer, Lindsay from the Starbreakers is also the drummer. And we start wars. Gotcha. Like you find somebody good and you just kind of stick like, with them. Yeah. Grab onto them for yeah. dear life. Courtney and I have been, you know, done so many things together, too. And mm-hmm. it's just the same thing. You just grab people where you find them and and uh so when you were growing up and you were starting to get into guitar were you obviously like you're influenced by guys but was there some specific women that you're influenced by as guitar players not many yeah to be honest with you and you know i'm the last person to play the sexist card you know male versus female but they're just i didn't know of that many Mm -hmm. you know there was jennifer batten and michelle meldrum from uh from meldrum and of course phantom blue yeah and that was it you know, and I didn't even know who they were till way, like way, way later. And people now always ask me like, so who, you know, did you like Hart and Lita Ford and Joan Jett? And I always say, no, I like Paul Gilbert and Steve <laughs> yeah. Vai and John Petrucci. I was a huge It's always the Lita and Joan because that's yeah. all there really was. Absolutely. You know? I'm glad you mentioned Jennifer Batten because I was going to ask you about her. Oh, I love her. Because I remember seeing her a bunch of times like just because they never, there was no internet in yeah. those days. So you didn't really know. You see this chick with giant white hair yeah. just killing it shredding it so good I remember the Super Bowl she played on it where she had the Ugh. the fan blowing up in her hair and life changing yeah for even for me as a guy player. watching yeah. that you're going oh my god if she can do that I can do that because right. I was a little blonde kid trying to play guitar you know like yeah. oh my god there's a girl doing it you know like and it kind of gives you know gives you like a little lifeline like a string mm-hmm. of hope you know doing it and that's why like you know I, I mentioned earlier I'm working on a solo record too and that's I think like the next step in the evolution of the guitar player that I want to be because all my heroes were these instrumental guys, Vi and, you know, Satriani and Paul Gilbert and writing a solo, an instrumental solo record, I think is going to be like the final step in the evolution of that guitar to be that guitar player. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm super, super excited for that. Did you ever see uh, Michael Jackson play at all? No, I never did. Because I saw him in 93 in Mexico City mm. watching Jennifer play. And just to see, I wonder what she does now. Does she still gig? Do you know she, anything yeah, about Yeah, I actually just played with her. Did you? Uh, I played with her last year at the She Rocks Awards at NAMM. Mm-hmm. And we did uh, I'm Every Woman. <laughs> and it was so cool. <laughs> so Jennifer and I are trading solos. And like, and Josh will tell you, I was nervous all day long and uh i was nervous all day long i was nervous for like a month and i never get nervous but i was like it's jennifer (laughs) what am i gonna play Mm -hmm. because she can play everything like what can i play that will keep up with her and then uh i went to the metal legion show a few days before that and alex skolnick gave me the best advice he said don't try to out jennifer jennifer Mm. just do your thing so i went up there and i just did my you know my vi kind of you know my vi licks Mm -hmm. and then at you know the last trade-off i was like when am I ever going to get this chance again? So I went up to Jennifer and I got right in her face and I flipped the guitar upside down. I started playing upside down and I was like, yeah, I think I was actually yelling like, yeah, <laughs> like, got it. And, uh, and then she put, took her hands off her guitar and she put them up. Like I surrendered. Ah, that's and great. I was like, oh my God. I, <laughs> I have a picture of it. Like that was, that that's was a so crazy cool. moment. She must have some great stories, right? You know? I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, and then I, after the song, I went up on stage in front of everyone. I just like babbled frantically. Thank you. So thank you so much she, and she kind of tapped patted me on the door she's like okay okay enough okay <laughs> uh, i'll get it okay I'll but it's cool up. for people to hear that though you know yeah. what i mean like i said like for her to know that she had some influence on you yeah you know as as as, as the the player now in alice's band because i like that once again michael's gimmick was always having the the, the, hot the shredder chick. I mean, it went 
to the hot chick because they went to Arianthi as right, well. Right. But then he had Slash involved and mm-hmm. Steve Stevens was involved. He liked yeah. having that Van Halen right. the total rock vibe to it. You yeah, know? And how cool of him to do that. How cool of him to incorporate some great rock guitar playing. I think that's what's missing from pop music these days is mm. great guitar playing. Mm. You listen to these 80s songs and they have great guitar solos. Right. It's like the most pop 80s songs. Beat it. For Beat it. Perfect example. Yeah, it has great guitar solos. Where's that now? I went to uh, Saturday Night Live a few years ago, and Rihanna, mm-hmm. I was going to say Rhiannon, it's not, Steve, <laughs> it's not the Stevie Nicks song, right. Rihanna was playing in uh, Nuno Bittencourt was yeah, her guitar yeah. player. Yeah, he did some stuff with her for a while, yes. and I thought that was so cool. Pink's got a great guitar player, Justin Derrico. And he's in, in, Hired, in Gun. Hired Gun. Justin Derrico, when I was playing with Jermaine Jackson, Pink was rehearsing next door to us, and Justin actually was like the first pro level guitar player that kind of like took me in and showed me his rig he uh brought me down to bogner amps introduced me to them and got me like my first one of my first endorsements that's cool yeah cool people it kind of goes back full circle to what we're talking about at the beginning like the super pro level people are all cool yeah there's no ego i've always learned that the highest level guys are always the coolest totally it's the mid-level guys that don't know where they're going that are the big assholes totally you yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Oh, it's trying to step all over everybody, cut your throat to get ahead. Yeah. Like, all that kind of stuff. And those are the people, like like the shirt says, that Beverly Kills shirt I wear says, stay humble or be humbled. Mm-hmm. Those people up at the top, they're never going to be humbled because you know how to keep the level head and keep right, it right, keep right, it right. together. Aussie advice, always uh, be nice to everyone on the way up because you don't know who you're going to meet on the way, way down. down. <laughs> yeah. You just dropped a little gem there just out of the corner of your uh, of your mouth. You said when you were playing with Jermaine Jackson. That's right. As in Michael's brother. <laughs> as in Michael's brother. So he yeah. went for the blonde guitar he player the, too. Well, so that uh, that came about after Michael passed. Uh, mm. Jermaine was doing some tribute shows. Oh. And uh, I think Ori was so well on her own doing her own thing then. So right. I got the call for that. So how was how was he like a Jackson brother? Uh, standoffish, <laughs> yeah, but but cool. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> this is the only really funny story I have about that time because he he wasn't really around much. The band rehearsed on her own. He would come in and do his thing, and then uh, and then leave. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, about two weeks into rehearsal was the first time he came in. He kind of gathered us all around and, you know, I was the only girl, I was the only white one, and I was the only person that didn't know everybody because everybody came from Prince's band and Michael's band and, you know, just like super stable of players. And, um, and Jermaine gathered everyone around and said, okay, guys, uh, you know, we're excited. It's going to be great. We're going over to Africa. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be hot over there, but it's okay because we all black. (laughs) (laughs) and i was just quietly standing in the back i was like please don't look at me (laughs) and he goes even you nita (laughs) it's like i said thank you sir honorary black (laughs) exactly just for that month that's cool though like uh it's obviously you know growing up in the jackson five the guy probably knows exactly what to do but you don't really hear much about any of those guys yeah yeah except for except for janet of course right yeah another funny moment was uh we were in rehearsal and uh, and Jermaine was there, and we, we were coming back from lunch, and uh, this group of guys walked in, and everybody stood up. Oh, you know, you know straighten up your straighten your. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, I go, who is that? And they go, that's Randy Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the guy. I go, I've seen American Idol. That's not Randy Jackson. <laughs> and of course, I was wrong, and everybody else was right as usual. 
<laughs> that's not but the that's not the dog. I was like, wait a second, I've seen that show. Are you sure? <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's a, this super obscure. There's a band called Zebra that had like one and a half hits in the '80s, mm-hmm. and the singer and bass player of that band was Randy Jackson. So when I first the same Randy Jackson, no. It okay. was a guy from like Long Island <laughs> called Randy, Randy Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> so when American Idol first came out and you see the list of judges, I'm like, Randy, Randy Jackson? Where'd they Jackson? find that guy? <laughs> what is he doing on there? I was like, wait, wait, that's not the Randy Jackson. Who's the dog? <laughs> right. How funny. Uh, in my three seconds of research as we wind down here today coming over, um, obviously your last name is Strauss. Is that's this right. an urban legend or is it uh, is it true? Down Who, the family you know, line? At, at this point, you know, I, I always grew up hearing it was true. And that, then, uh, is it Johann Strauss? Johann Strauss, yeah. So, you know, my my dad, you know, raised me and my dad's family is, you know, still, still have a bunch in Austria. And I always grew up with that. You know, my dad put it in my head. And then some fan wrote to us uh, not that long ago. and said, well, it's very unlikely that this is true. So, I, you know, now I have to give a disclaimer. Maybe, I, you know, but if it's if it's true, I'm very honored to live up to the right. lineage. And if it's not true, I'm glad I had that inspiration my whole life. It's plus Wikipedia, up. too. So someone wrote it in there. Somebody put it in there, not me. I've been dead. I've been dead three times on Wikipedia. There so people just write what they want. So there you go. There you go. You are. The, I'm going to say you are the direct bloodline. The last musician. The last Strauss. Yeah. Well, they, you know, the, this, you know, this scholar, this, you know, this genealogist that wrote to my, you know, wrote to us through my website said, if it's true she is the last musician in the Strauss bloodline so this is a really big deal would she be willing to take a DNA test and all this stuff I'm like get out of here leave my gimmick alone (laughs) that's my gimmick but no but literally I did I did grow up believing this you know my my dad told me and and we listened to class nothing but classical music growing up in my house and um and so, you know, regardless of maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. But if it's not true, I'm glad that I had this this fantasy mm-hmm. to live up to because I think it made me a better guitar player. Well, it's like you said, if, if you thought it was real, it's mm-hmm. like a placebo. If you think oh, it's totally. going to work, then it made you, you have know, these big shoes to fill. Right. You know, so I think I think it's really cool. You know, uh, it was a cool thing to grow up because it's, you know, someone tells you, you know, your mom's Martina Navratilova. So you, you better be a great athlete, you right. know, <laughs> like, tennis, get on the yeah, exactly. tennis court. L- last couple of questions. Do you practice a lot? A guitar? Um, I do. I practice mm. a lot because I've always got stuff to practice for. Mm. You know, like right now this week, I've I've got the Great Muda PCW event, and then the next, you know, the day before that, I've got the Starbreaker show, which you know we just added like six songs. What and kind of stuff you know, do you do with Starbreakers? Uh, Priest, Maiden, Ozzy, Kiss, Pantera, just all the classics. Yeah, all yeah. the good stuff. You know, stuff that basically we make a set list that we would want to hear. Mm. You know, and you know, Jill and Courtney sometimes they get a little crazy with the stuff. You know, they they want to do all this stuff that you. Know, they want to do all this merciful fate, and you know, like I'm like, okay, we got to do stuff that a lot of people will like, not just us, but you know, but classics like we do Painkiller a lot. You know, we try to throw in songs that you wouldn't expect to see a bunch of chicks play. Mm-hmm. You know, like could we do Living After Midnight? Of course, but something like Painkiller is a little more fun for us to do because it kind of showcases the gimmick really sure, well. Sure, 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 and the, the playing ability the as playing. well. Right? It's hard to play. You know, Painkiller is a hard song for any drummer hard to play. Hard to sing too. Hard to sing. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. You know what? When I talked to Rob, though, he said that Painkiller is easier for him to sing than like Before the Dawn or something like mm. that because Painkiller is all high. Yeah, so you just no got to lock into the high. And it's for him. He says the high is easy. It's the mid range and the lower sure. range that can give him problems if he's not feeling right. Yeah, I just did uh, another charity event with him for another one of Alice's charities, the Christmas pudding charity oh, yeah. they do with Rob, and I couldn't believe he doesn't warm up. He doesn't. Rob Halford does not warm up before he sings, and he just walked on stage. Like Rob Alford, the badass. He, yeah, 
like just I can't do it but like you know he's hitting these notes and I was like what and it's like it was me and Glenn from Alice's yeah. Band Richie Faulkner from Priest Rob Halford Dave Ellison on bass and Slash and Ace Freely playing guitar with us and I was like what planet am I yeah, on? Like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Rob Halford in his full regalia, full regalia just yeah. being a, a lord. You know, it was it was. Did you so post a video cool. on Instagram? I think I must have. Yeah, I think have. I saw yeah. it on there. Yeah, I must have. Uh, if I didn't, I was remiss. Yeah, not no, to. I, 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 I saw it. You know, it's 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 like you said those moments as we talked about earlier. And I just have to pop this in there. Mm. Lemmy's seventieth birthday party, two weeks before he died, mm. and here's the lineup: me, Scotty, in right, Charlie, right. Rob Trujillo right. and Slash playing <laughs> playing beer drinkers and Hellraisers, and you're looking around going, "What? Like, how the hell did I end up here?" Yeah, no, you know? that's how I felt looking. You know, Slash's amp was right next to mine, so like, here's my JV Marshall JVM over here. Here's Slash's Silver Jubilee next to mine. Slash is just blowing me out. I can't even hear anything I'm yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. and I don't even care. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even care. Play whatever you want. Like, no <laughs> one's listening to me play anyway. I was just looking at and uh, Richie Faulkner and I kind of looked over at each other at one point because there's you know Richie. Ace slash Rob me and we're like who invited us to this party what song were you playing we played with that lineup we did living after midnight and I think highway to hell Ace did living after midnight no no Ace Ace jumped in on the final song of the night which was Alice everybody and that was run run Rudolph can you believe that <laughs> Alice and Rob Halford together singing run run Rudolph with Ace Frehley with and, Ace Frehley and slash and me and Richie Faulkner and Dave Ellison <laughs> Who's your favorite guitar player? Steve Vai. Of all time. Of all time. Yeah, no yeah. one does it like Steve Vai. Like, remember Crossroads? Mm-hmm. That's the movie, not the Britney Spears one for everyone listening. Yeah, everyone yeah. thinks Savage Chick is the Britney Spears the one. The Ralph Macchio. <laughs> yeah, the Ralph Macchio one. That's the that's the reason I play guitar, mm. watching that movie. You know, I had a guitar and I didn't really practice that much. And I thought, when I saw that movie, I thought, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly what he's doing right there. It was so cool and so effortless and so fun. He played like the devil, didn't he? Yeah, Steve he was the, the devil's devil's guitar, guitar player. player. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the, you know, the, the, when they're, they have that whole duel at the end and when he's, he was so confident and so like, and I still to this day aspire to be as cool as Steve mm. Vai in Crossroads. And Steve Vai is actually the reason I still play Ibanez guitars. And, uh, the, the big, little handle, remember the little, those that version? The gem, the, yeah, the yeah. I've on got it, yeah. one sitting right over there. <laughs> I've got a couple of them actually. <laughs> and uh, I've been an Ibanez player. This is my tenth year as an Ibanez artist now. So uh, the amazing news, like the big 2018 news for me, is that uh, Ibanez is now putting out the Nita Strauss so signature awesome. guitar. That's huge, right? That's the biggest. It's the biggest news I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> you know, like all my life, I've been. An, an Ibanez fanboy, you know, fangirl, fanboy. And I've gotten offers from every single other guitar company that said, you know, we'll make you a signature guitar right now. So many other ones. And I said, look, my blood bleeds Ibanez. It's mm-hmm. all I've ever wanted. So, you know, being the first ever female Ibanez signature artist is a dream come true for me. You're the first ever female. The first ever. They have never done a signature That's series great. for a girl before. That's so huge. And so like, do you, yeah. I, I've never, I don't have a signature guitar. <laughs> like, do you call them and say, these are my specifications or these are my ideas? Like what makes your guitar different from any other guitar? So mine, you know, the number one thing for me is playability. I mm. want a guitar that's easy to play because, you know, you take a, a lot of these, you know, the, the guitars like a Gibson or, you know, the Fenders, they have these big fat necks. And for me, I don't know if it's a chick thing or what, like, 
like those big necks are hard for me to play fast on. So it's got a lightning fast neck, super light. You can throw it around, throw it on your shoulder, you know, whatever you want. And it's sexy looking like Mm. my guitar, you know, it's, it's got a black to blonde burst. Mm -hmm. So it's something you don't see often. And I'm like, what can I do? That's like very uniquely me. I don't want it to be pink or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's a black, like a jet black to bright blonde that's like cool sunburst and a black ebony neck it's it's very it's really sleek looking that's something that, that it's it's a, it's a subtle thing but you said your guitar looks sexy yeah like like Steve Viley's had a sexy guitar sexy Paul guitar. Stanley like you can't have like a Gibson Birdland and look sexy totally like a giant Malcolm Young thing yeah like like, a big old yeah a big you know, fat baseball neck yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, not gonna look cool exactly exactly so I wanted something you know like I've shown it to a couple people I'll show it to you today too mm. uh, I've shown it to a couple people and they go your guitar looks like you mm. and that's what I really want I wanted something that embodied me it's got my signature DiMarzio pickups in it it's got like it's uh it's just very uniquely me yeah you know and that that was the main thing that I wanted what you want yeah yeah you know I wanted something that is still accessible enough that people don't go like oh it's too out there like I don't really like out there I could have done something super crazy but I wanted something classic sleek sexy fast easy to play yeah Yeah. exactly last two questions what's your favorite Alice song to play live I love playing Poison mm-hmm. for that reason, for reason that we yeah. talked about. Besides you know, it's that just one. so emotional. Um, I like the Kane stuff. I like playing, you know, we do The World Needs Guts, which is really fun. What uh, album is that from? Constrictor? Oh. And I might be wrong. No, the Alice the, fans are going to jump all over but me. Those were his two Raise albums. Raise Your Fist and Yell and Constrictor. Like, you know, it was. it's it's one of the cool it's, 80s ones. It's not Raise Your Fist because that's my Alice Oh, album. that's your Alice. Do you do oh, anything so from that? Um, I'm pushing really hard for a certain song from... From Razor Fist, and uh, I have a feeling they they already bought the prop for. It. I'm not going to say what it is. I'll say what it is off the air. Okay. But uh, they already bought the prop for it, so I think it's a coming in February. Mm. Any guesses? Well, roses and white lace is a kind of a proppy type thing, uh, so I'm going to go with that one. Good guess. Good guess. <laughs> I'm not confirming or denying. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty guess. obscure. The fact I could. Bring that, that up. I'm I'm very impressed. <laughs> Great album. I love album. that album. Me too. I used to go downtown every weekend and buy one album a week because that's all I could afford. Right. And one week I went down there. I was never a huge Alice fan. Right. But that had just come out with the cover with the face on the, the hand. Face, yeah. And it's like that looks cool. And I bought it. And just every song is is great. So Solid. Yeah. Kane, and Kane's guitar playing is just amazing. Like nobody else. Some stuff on there that I don't even really know how he did it. You know. Literally for me. Uh, you know, because Rose on White Lace is one of my favorite songs mm. on that album, and I've tried to learn that solo before. Mm. I'm so glad that I've met Kane and and I can contact him now because if I ever do have to play that song, I'd like to know Give how he call. did this certain yeah. lick. I actually don't know. <laughs> how do you do this? I slowed it down. You know, I got my little program. I slowed it down. I still couldn't figure it out. So I'd like to ask him how the hell he did that. Once again, when Vivian came on and they were he was revisiting the Last in Line, doing those old Dio solos. Mm-hmm. He said he had to find a kid online. That was playing them on YouTube, right? So he could learn his own solos back. Everybody had, in our band does that. Had no idea how to play them. We all do that. Kids online, you guys are being <laughs> Way to go, watched. kids! You guys are being watched. Hey, we did it. Make we sure you show time. your face, though. A lot of kids just show their hands and feet. Uh, their hands and uh, hands and feet. And the great. Neck, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, who's your favorite wrestler? 
you know, I started out when I started getting into wrestling. I loved Warrior because mm-hmm. I love his energy metal, and I love yeah. how he, you know, just like he comes into the ring, he he busted. And then the more I watched it, I was like, well, he doesn't really do that much stuff. <laughs> so I have to go with maybe like a Shawn Michaels yeah. or Bret Hart, you know, somebody that's like more technical. But I love RVD. Robin Dam's one of my absolute favorites. I saw him wrestle at that PCW okay. promotion. Yeah. That was my first time seeing any wrestling up close. Mm-hmm. Rob's out there smashing chairs over people's <laughs> heads and like they're t- you know uh, knocking over all the chairs from people watching and right. stuff and so Rob Rob might have to top my list just from that all how right. cool yeah, that yeah. was that's one well that's so cool you're awesome thank, thank you so you. much thank you so much let's jam tomorrow night let's do Star it Breakers, hell yeah featuring the ugly guy <laughs> <laughs> alright that was the guitar player who played the amazing Shinsuke Nakamura entrance theme at Wrestlemania on Sunday talk about Nita Strauss also great great player with the Alice Cooper band Alice and the band are doing another leg of a paranormal evening with Alice Cooper. The dates start August 3rd in Wisconsin, and they've got former KISS guitar player Ace Fraley, lead guitar, helping them out in Las Vegas and the Los Angeles shows August 10th and 12th. That'd be a great tour, Alice and Ace, for the whole tour. I wonder why they didn't do the whole thing. Ace probably doesn't want to go up for that long. Uh, We put our name up to uh, get the opening slot on that tour, but it doesn't look like there is an opening slot, which is why we didn't get it. We had a great time on the Judas Rising tour. 25 shows sold out a huge uh, portion of them, ended up selling uh, out at the very end any out strong with Philadelphia, New York, Dayton, Cleveland, uh, Clifton Park, New York, uh, the, the Hampton Beach, uh, Portland, just sellout after sellout after sellout. Uh, stay tuned right here for more touring news coming up soon. And thanks to Wally's and Hampton Beach for putting on the WrestleMania party uh, with me and Fozzie. We had a great time. Uh, like I said, Jack Slade and I got a little bit too low ski, so we could not air our uh, WrestleMania uh, rundown. But trust me, it was uh, lovingly bad. So, uh, And we still got other tour dates coming up with Fozzie. What am I talking about? Uh, There's other big announcements coming up. But in the meantime, and in between time, we still got April 19th at the Buddha Rock Club in Fort Myers, Florida. April 20th at the Amelie Arena in Tampa for 98 Rock Fest. April 21st, WJRR Earth Day birthday at the Central Florida Fairgrounds in Orlando. And April 22nd playing uh, another 98 Rock Fest in Charleston, South Carolina. So it's a little bit of a Florida Southern Run. Get your tickets at FozzyRock.com. All the info there. And don't forget the words of Jericho coming back to the UK. Glasgow, May 21st, May 22nd, Manchester. That one sold out in seven hours. Uh, still tickets left for the May 23rd show in London, but they're few and far between. Go check out all the information at InsideTheRopes.co. UK and of course all the information for Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea at ChrisJerichoCruise.com we set sail October 27th and for as little as 150 bucks you can reserve your cabin everything is all inclusive all the meet and greets all the signings all the shows everything in between of course you'll be hanging out with Jim Ross Jerry Lawler SoCal Val Mick Foley Noel Foley Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Rey Mysterio Raven Keeping It 100 Crew Conan Disco Inferno and Shane Helms Beyond the Darkness will be scaring the pants off you Colt Cabana Marty Rose making you laugh with the Unprofessional Wrestling Show Don Callis and Paul Lazenby will be there doing a live podcast for Killing the Town Brad Williams Ron Funches Busted Open Radio, Dave LeGrecki will be there. Corey Taylor is going to be there. Slipknot and Stone Sour. Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. Fozzie, of course, doing three shows. King, the stir from Atlanta, Georgia. Dave Spivak Project. Spiwi, you heard him in his music right here in Talk is Jericho. Uh, the Cherry Bombs, the Darlings of Rock and Roll. Shoot to Thrill, the world's best ACDC cover band. Blizzard of Ozzy, the world's best Ozzy cover band. And, of course, the PS de Resistance Ring of Honor presenting the Sea of Honor Tournament aboard the ship. Matches happening 
in the middle of the ocean on a ring that's uh, secured to the deck. Kenny Omega will be there. The Young Bucks will be there. Uh, Marty Skrull, the Briscoe Brothers, Dalton Castle, Frankie Kazarian, Adam Page, Chris Daniels, Jay Lethal, Cheeseburger, Deanna Parazzo, Mandy Leon, Brandy Rhodes, Matt Taven, Flip Gordon, uh, Delirious, Kenny King, Cody... Don't call him Rhodes. He's going to be there too. Uh, uh, so Rhett Titus is going to be there. Silas Young. I think everybody employed by Ring of Honor is going to be on this ship. And the crazy thing is there's still more to come. I am putting as much value into this as I possibly can. If you like wrestling, if you like rock and roll, if you like comedy, this is going to be for you. Don't you dare miss it. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And remember, if you order your cabin, book your cabin before April 14th, you still got a couple days left, you could win the chance to be a Fozzie roadie for a day or uh, sit ringside with Chris Jericho at a Ring of Honor, Sea of Honor uh, show. Or you can uh, get a chance to win dinner with Ring of Honor superstars. So there's a lot of stuff coming up there. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. All right. Coming up on Friday, going back to the paranormal world. Flat Earth Society. A huge section of, uh, of society who believe that the Earth is flat. And the leader of the society, David Weiss, is going to be here. You might have heard him on uh, Keeping It 100 on the Conan Show. He is, uh, well, he's unique to say the least. David Weiss talking all about the theory that the Earth is flat. Flat Earth Society coming up on Friday. We'll see you then. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big you boy. Yeah.